0: All right, open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I'm going to look at a few verses. You guys may have noticed I was stumbling over my reading this morning. I became a grandfather in February. My firstborn son, Jonathan, and his wife, Joy, had a little baby boy, Nathaniel, And I don't know what it is, but as soon as I became a grandfather, I needed to start wearing reading glasses. I don't like to put them on or wear them, so I sometimes try to get along without them. But I better better go ahead and put them on, look like a grandfather. All right, so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 9. It says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that you may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door, and effectual, is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. There's a lot of things that we could look at in these verses. Uh, it starts off talking about the collection for the saints and and uh, giving money to help other uh, believers and when they were supposed to bring that money in on the first day of the week and um, how he was going to take that to the believers in Jerusalem. He talked about coming uh, to them and, and hoping that they would bring him on his journey. In other words, uh, he was trusting them to, to foot the bill for his next trip and uh, to, to help him and support him financially to get on to where he was going. A number of things that we could talk about uh, from these verses, but I just want to look at verse 9. He says, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. And I want us to to look tonight and and talk about uh, open doors and adversaries. Uh, We have tremendous opportunity right now in Uganda, uh, many open doors uh, to ministry, and, and we're excited and thrilled about what God is doing and about what the... The pastors and the, the churches are being able to do, it's, it's thrilling and exciting to see the work growing and, and reproducing. Our national pastors are starting new churches. Uh, Pastor Navith uh went away recently and spent a week in fasting and prayer and felt God directing him to start three new churches uh, in particular villages around Marara town. And he came back, presented it to the church, and the church was excited about it. Uh, the Holy Spirit of God worked in the church, and, and uh, they got behind it. And, and in a, about a five-month period of time, they went out and started three brand-new churches, one right after another. And they did it all on their own. I didn't have any involvement. It was great. Uh, it's just exciting to see these guys uh, going out and doing the work uh, on their own. In fact, I got an email from Pastor Navith. I want to read you some of it. He says, we celebrated the one-year anniversary for Chichasha Bible Baptist Church, Saturday and Sunday, July 16th and 17th. Saturday, we had over 600 people, and 131 gave their lives to Christ. On Sunday, over 100 people came, two women and three children got saved, and we glorified our mighty Father in heaven. Uh, it's exciting to see the work going and to see how things are growing. Uh, the orphanage there, we have 23 orphans now, uh, in the orphanage, uh, these are kids who've been orphaned because of AIDS, and um, the, uh, the newest orphan in the orphanage is is just a little baby. Uh, someone just brought the baby and and uh, abandoned him near near the church, and uh, some of the kids uh, heard him crying and went and found him and brought him in, and and they tried to find you know whose baby this is and there's nobody, and so they they brought this child into the orphanage, named him Moses, and uh, he's the newest newest addition to our, to our orphanage over there. Uh, most of the other kids are older, like some of the ones you saw this morning from Hope, and, and uh, they're, they're being trained for ministry, they're, they're involved in the ministry. Uh, some of the guys like Timothy and Detus and Anthony are helping Pastor Naveth in these new churches uh, out in the village areas. Um, one of the, the older girls in the orphanage, her name is Agatha, she's gotten really excited about witnessing to Muslims. We've had several uh, courses and seminars on Muslim evangelism, and she has sat in on some of those, and, and she's gone out and started witnessing to Muslims and led several Muslims to the Lord by herself. And uh, so we're excited about the, the ministries and what God is doing uh, with the orphanage. There's a, they have a Christian school, over 100 students in the Christian school. They have boarding students that come up from Rwanda to the south where all the genocide was back in 94. And uh, people there are sending their kids up to our school and they're, they're coming up as boarding students and, and uh, studying there and then going home for the holidays. Uh, great and wonderful things are happening. Just before we came back, we wanted to get together with all of our pastors and church leaders and have a special time with them, have a special retreat. Uh, we didn't have the money to finance it uh, because of our support being down So low, and we made an appeal. And uh, Pastor Brian is the only one who responded to that appeal and sent some money. And we were able to to take our our church leaders and our pastors, pastors' wives. We took them down to a a lake in the southwest part of the country, out to an island, uh, Bushara Island in Lake Bunyoni, and we spent two nights out there. And it was just a fantastic, wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, We had we preached to each other. We had uh, testimonies around the campfire. We sang. We had great food, fellowship, games, uh, Sylvia did crafts and lessons with the ladies. I got together with the men and we talked about church statistics and needs and we had prayer. And we, They paddled canoes around the island and these are people who don't swim and scared to death of the water. So I mean, they're all strapped in with life jackets and paddling around in the uh, you know, water with canoes. And, and then we took them around to the other side of the island where there's this platform up on the side of a hill a big, huge tree right on the edge of the water and a big rope. And you get up on this platform with that rope and you swing out over the lake and you drop into the water and it's deep. And uh, we showed them how to do it. And then we said, all right, it's your turn. <laughs> anybody anybody got for it? We didn't think anybody would even try. I mean, these people have no, don't know how to swim at all. But they strapped on a life jacket and they got up there and, and they went for it. And a couple of us out in the lake, you know, ready to, to grab them when they... When they fell in and, and drag them back to the shore and come out sputtering and laughing and everything, it was it was great. Even some of the ladies did it, fully clothed, put on a, a life jacket and swing out into the lake. <laughs> it was great. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. And you know, I, I wanted to do it for their sake primarily, but uh, I think I was the one who was most blessed by the by the whole retreat. Seeing twenty seven people uh, gathered on that island it was a great blessing to me. Since we moved up to. Uh, Kampala, we've started a new work. The uh, Kawuku Bible Baptist Church, we just started in February. Uh, we have people from all different tribes and areas of Uganda that are in, in our church and in ministry there. Uh, we're not just working with one tribe like we were in the Southwest. And uh, our, our song service is different. We don't uh, just sing in English or we don't just sing in one language. We have four different languages. We've made up special songbooks with different sections for different languages, and we, we sing in a variety of languages, and uh, we we have a lot of fun. Uh, it's neat working with with people from all over the country. Uh, we got a report recently from the young man uh, from our Bible Institute who's leading that work right now, and and he reported that a, a Muslim lady got saved just recently and is and is attending the church. And so exciting things are happening. The the new Bible Institute uh, we have started there near the capital city where. We're training people from different parts of Uganda, even from other countries. We have a guy from from the Congo who's in our Bible Institute. We have a a young man, well, the one you saw in the video saying he wants to go up to Sudan. He has uh, relatives up there and ties up there and uh, opportunities. So we have so many wonderful doors of opportunity, doors that are open wide uh, for us to to do great things for the Lord and uh, raising money now for our Uganda Antioch project to buy the land and and build the facilities we need for the new church and the Bible Institute and, and all that's going on there, and, and money's coming in, God's providing, and, and we're excited, we're we're pumped, we're we're just thrilled at, at the open doors uh, that are before us, and and it's great to see what God is doing. You know, and I and I I think Paul must have had a similar feeling, you know, uh, he's going around and, and starting churches and going to all these different areas, and and the doors are opening for him and. And he's starting new churches, and and people are being saved, and he's training leaders, and he's appointing people to to lead these churches, and he's moving on to another area. And and I think he must have shared uh, the same feeling that we have about the work in Uganda uh, as he talks about the open doors, uh, the opportunities uh, that were before him. But he says in verse 9, A great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries you know unfortunately when god's doing great things uh, the devil devil isn't too excited about it and he's of course our, our chief adversary there're many adversaries but, but the devil's the one who, who really throws a fit when when god's work you know, starts going forward and when the doors are opening he's he he tries to get around behind him and kick them closed <laughs> and uh, he's been doing that we've we've seen a lot of that this this past uh, six months or so in the work there in Uganda, as we've been starting the new church, especially uh, there in Kawuku, The area there in Kawuku is uh, full of witchcraft and superstition, and evil, people putting curses on each other, and, uh, child sacrifice. Whenever uh, they want to build a building or start a new business or do some big, uh, expensive endeavor, they will go and kidnap somebody's child and sacrifice that child to the demons to, uh, you know, keep them from disturbing or hindering the, the endeavor that they're trying to do. And, you know, I mean, we have poor building, you know, regulations and things and contractors steal cement and they build a four-story building and it collapses and you know, and then they say, "Oh well, it's the demons that caused it." And so, so you know, they'll sacrifice a child to the demons to appease them and try to get uh, their their project to go on. We have a lot of evil and wickedness in the area that we're in, and the church that we're trying to start. We've seen we've seen the devil really attack uh, our lives and, in in different ways. Uh, he's just come at us from many different angles, many different avenues that uh, he finds to attack and try to hinder uh, the work with the, the new church that we started. Uh, we had trouble with the landlords of the, the land that we rented and uh, just a lot of delays and, and various things. We, we we rented the property the beginning of November last year, and we wanted to open the church before the end of the year. But because of the, the struggles and the delays and the problems, we didn't even get the church open until the middle of February. And uh, just so many things I couldn't take time enough to, to explain to you, but the devil's been really fighting. Uh, we've had sickness uh, in our family. Uh, both Sylvia and I have been hospitalized since since October last year. Uh, Sylvia got sick and thought it was malaria, Went had a blood test. They told her it was malaria. They gave her some new medication for malaria. She took it, uh, didn't cure the problem, and instead it gave her a lot of Bad side effects. She had to go into a hospital and be treated for something different, recovered. But she's still suffering the side effects of that medication. Uh, she has ringing in her ears constantly. She can't sleep at night. She has to uh, listen to an iPod at night to go to sleep. And uh, struggles, physical, <clears throat> physical struggles, uh, sickness. I had pneumonia. Uh, I fell off the church building and damaged my wrist and had to have my wrist in a, in a cast, have it immobilized for three weeks. Uh, just, just all kinds of things. A little kid comes running out, runs right into the side of my car as I'm pulling up to the church one day uh, to do some construction. And then the family and the neighbors all start going, why are you trying to kill our kid? And, I mean, just crazy things happening. The devil's just throwing stuff at us from every every different angle. In May, my, my laptop was stolen. Uh, devastating, uh, you know, uh, to our ministry and, and everything. And... Uh, in June and July, we had difficulty renewing our visas for our, you know, allow us to be in Uganda, working as missionaries. It's usually a simple process, takes a few weeks, and now it's just been dragging on, dragging on, it's complicated, and and uh, a lot of difficulty. Uh, August last year, I, I went on a bus trip down to Marara to teach in our Bible Institute. I go down there and teach uh, four times a year, I spend a week, I stay in Pastor Navas' home, and and I teach in the Bible Institute. And it's too expensive to go to drive my own car now. I mean, with fuel, 5 five fifty or $6 a gallon and and uh, and everything, I just I can't drive down there by myself. So I, I go on the bus. A lot of missionaries in Uganda won't go on the bus. And uh, I've traveled on the bus a lot over the years. We've been there 17 and a half years. So, you know, I've traveled a lot on the bus and, and I'm kind of used to it. I, I don't sit in the very front because I don't want to see what's going on. It's it's scary. And I don't sit in the very back because I've sat in the back sometimes that, uh, when there wasn't any other seat. But then you're you going along and the, the, the bus skids and you look back and you see the, the tread marks on the street. That's very uncomfortable. So I try to sit in the middle somewhere and I take a good book and I pray and I read and try to witness the guy sitting next to me. And, but we're, I was traveling on the bus and going along, and all of a sudden, you know, here goes the brakes again, like usual, and bang! That's all it was. The bus skidded off to the side of the road and stopped. It's like, what was that? What happened? What's going on? People start screaming and panicking and climbing out of the windows of the bus, and I don't know what's going on, you know. I got gathered my things and climbed out the window of the bus and got down on the ground, and uh, they're behind us was an SUV. What was left of an SUV? The bus had hit it head-on, and it had just crunched under the bus and off to the side. And it's just, you look at that devastation, and it's like all it was was a second, just bang, and that was it. It was over. And the, the SUV was just totally mangled, and two bodies just hanging out of it. Blood is just pouring down the street, and I started walking around there's a, a severed hand in the middle of the road and people are weeping and it's just it was traumatic I had to wait around for another bus to come by and get on another bus and get on down to Mbarada and teach at the end of that week I had to go down to the bus station again Get on another bus to go home. It was a little bit difficult. There are many adversaries. There's all kinds of ways the devil will try to stop God's work from going on. He'd love for me to just say, oh, well, that's horrible. I'm not ever going to do that again. I won't ever get on the bus again. I can't do that. That's how we minister. That's how we have to travel. We've lost support. We had to come back early to raise support, to be able to continue the work. Every different angle, every different way that Satan can throw something up at us. He's trying to kick the doors closed. But God says, I've opened a door of opportunity. And we have to be willing to walk through that door and face the challenges. doesn't mean it's going to be simple. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Just because there's an open door doesn't mean that everything's a bed of roses. Well, we've given our lives to the Lord. Uh, our life verse, my life verse is Acts chapter 20, verse 24. If you look over there, we're going to look at just a few verses, various places. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. we will start, start in verse 22. The Apostle Paul is heading to Jerusalem and he stops to talk to the elders of the church in Ephesus. He says, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. So that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received with the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said... I know there's going to be persecution, problems, but God's called me to go to Jerusalem and that's where I'm going. And he said, the bonds, the afflictions, whatever, it's not going to, it's not going to turn me aside. It's not going to keep me from going and doing what God wants me to do. He says, I don't count my life dear to myself. What do you think that means? You think he was suicidal? You think he was just, you know, looking for any chance to do something risky and stupid? I mean, you know, travel in his day wasn't so safe either. You know, think about the shipwrecks. He he suffered more than once. You know, I've only had one bus wreck. (laughs) He was shipwrecked several times. He says, none of these things move me. I don't count my life dear to myself. He says, I've, I'm ready to go wherever God wants me to go and and however he wants to use my life. If you go on and read in chapter twenty one he talks later about uh, saying that I'm I'm prepared even to die in Jerusalem for the Lord's sake if if that's what he wants. And that's that's always been our attitude. We've given our lives to the Lord. I gave the Lord my life when I was thirteen years old and when I was nineteen God called me to Uganda as a missionary. You know, and I was in college and working a job in a hotel and meeting people and telling them I was going to Uganda, And a lot of people tried to discourage me. Had one guy go home and send me all kinds of articles from, from National Geographic and stuff talking about AIDS in Uganda and everything. But none of these things moved me. God's called us to Uganda. And the Apostle Paul says in, in verse 24, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I received with the Lord Jesus to testify in the gospel of the grace of God. It's a joy. It's a joy. It's a privilege. It's thrilling to be able to go somewhere and, and serve the Lord and do something for him and see him do great and mighty things. Great things. I mean, things that I couldn't imagine. It's obviously not for me. It's not my wisdom. It's not my strength. It's God, you know, accomplishing these things. And that's a joy, that's that's a thrill, that's a privilege. And Paul said, you know, God's given me the the joy, the privilege of ministering and and serving him, taking the gospel, and nothing's going to stop me from doing that. And that's been our attitude. What about you? What open doors do you have? What opportunities are before you? You have opportunities to minister, to serve the Lord in this church, to witness to people around you, your job and the marketplace, your neighbors, your friends. You have doors of opportunity. You have an opportunity this week, this missions conference, to do something for the Lord, for for missions, for the cause of world evangelism for this next year. That's That's a door. That's a door of opportunity. And it's opened up right before you this week. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with this opportunity? You have an opportunity to uh, increase support of your missionaries, support these uh, wonderful projects like the the Hope Children's Home. And, you know, it's not just because we want money. Paul said in in Philippians 4.17, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. This is an opportunity for you. This is an open door for you to do to do something for God that you're going to be rewarded for in heaven. You're going to get credit for it in heaven. It's not me, it's not it's not my work, it's not my rewards, it's your rewards. You have an opportunity to contribute to this Uganda Antioch project and to help us secure that property and get those buildings built and and uh, push that ministry forward. 2 Corinthians 9, six. if you look over there quickly. 2 Corinthians 9.6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. If you give a little, the return is little. If you give a lot, the return is is a lot bigger. You have many, many opportunities. You could sponsor an orphan and uh, help us make sure we can keep feeding and clothing and educating those kids, those precious, precious dear kids. And just like Brother Mike was saying this morning, some of them come out of homes where they've been abused and, and molested and mistreated and uh, just horrible things. Just and we, we're rescuing those kids and, and giving them love and, and uh, the Word of God and, and training and teaching them to, to, to serve Him. They're going to be future pastors and leaders and, and pastors' wives. It's a wonderful, wonderful blessing and opportunity. Look at Matthew chapter ten, verse forty-two. Jesus said, and whosoever shall give to drink one of these little ones, a cup of water only, in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. The little we do, the little we do, just giving a child a cup of water. Jesus says, you won't lose your reward. We're so blessed. We have so much. There's so much we can do. The, the doors of opportunity are all around us, and and we can do so much. And God promised to reward us. He promises to bless us. He pro- promises to provide more, so we can continue to do more. You have so many opportunities. Last time we were here, we 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 asked Pastor Brian to come visit us in Uganda. I ask a lot of people to come visit us in Uganda. Not very many people come. People are afraid of the food (laughs) or the savage natives or the... I don't know what it is, you know, the heat. It's not even hot where we are, you know. I don't know what people are afraid of. Pastor Brian King, he was a blessing. He was a blessing to us and to our people. Our people constantly talk about Pastor Brian... When I left to come back, they they told me be sure to, to greet Pastor Brian. Thank you. Tell him to come back with his wife. We had such a great time out on the island with everybody, and and everybody wrote you a a thank you note. And uh, anyway, we have made up something special. It's it's coming to you in the mail. Should be here Tuesday, so you'll you'll see it. But. Uh, he touched so many people over there. And you could do that. You could come over and visit us. You could touch people's hearts and lives. There's so much you could do. Come over and, and do something in our school. Do something with the orphans. Help teach our men our Bible Institute. We'll have a, you know, there's so many things. And, and on top of that, you have a lot of fun. Go out and look at our display. We've, we've tried to put up some of the things that you can do over there. Come and Go to the game park, see the wild animals right up close, and we'll try to be nice to you and not let the elephants stomp on you or anything. You can go bungee jumping over the Nile River. Yeah, I've done it. My daughter Elizabeth's done it. Jonathan's done it. It's, it's great. It's fun. Have you ever been bungee jumping? Who's, who's ever been? <laughs> it's great. You know, I always thought it was like, you know, this rope, you know, and you jump off and you get to the end of the rope and it's like. This is gonna tear my back up, you know. It's nothing like that. It's like spring, you know. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Right over the Nile River, you know, 145 feet. It's great. A lot of fun things you can do. We can we can take you whitewater rafting on the Nile River. The famous Nile River comes out of Lake Victoria, goes all the way to Egypt. Take you whitewater rafting. We went one time. I've been several times. We went one time with a crazy guy. He's like every every time we came up to the rapids. He's like, all right, how are we going to flip it on this rapids? All right, I want everybody over on this side, you know. <laughs> we get in there and flip that thing. People go flying through the air. It was great. man, fun. One of the guys after th- third or fourth rapids, he's like, I want to get on a different boat. I want one that doesn't flip over every time. <laughs> but, uh, all kinds of great fun things that we can do. Take your gorilla trekking. We love to take you out. And let you see the gorillas go up through the forest and get up real close to them. You have to be real quiet and nice to him, though. I don't know if we'll let Reg do that. He's He likes to grab and pull on things. I don't know. He's been telling me how he likes to pull on the tails of crocodiles and alligators and sharks and everything. I don't know. But anyway, a lot of fun things we can do. We always make it interesting for people who come. We've had people come out for a month or a couple months. We had a young man come this last summer and teach in our Christian school over there for two months. He loved it. He's a... Uh, elementary education major, B.V.C., and wanting to try to see if maybe, you know, he'd like to teach overseas when he gets done. And he loved Uganda. He's so excited about it, wants to come back. We've had uh, a young lady come out and work with us for two years as a a team missionary, and and the Bastard Fellowship has a special program for, like, short-term missionaries that want to come out for one year, two years, three years, and, uh, you know... Help you get your support raised and come out and and join us and do something for just a limited amount of time. Or we need career missionaries, you know. We need more crazy people like me who will say, I'll go to Uganda for the rest of my life. Come on. I don't hear any amens. (laughs) Um, But we need those. I've got some flyers out there on our our display and talk about the team missions program or the career missions program, how to get started. You guys check it out. We need, we need people to come. You have, you have doors of opportunity. That's what this week is about. You know, doors of opportunity for missions. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do with those doors of opportunity? You're going to walk through those doors. You're going to take advantage of the opportunities that you have. You're going to look at what God's blessed you with and say, hey, this is, this is great. This is an opportunity. This is something I can do. I can have a part in this ministry. I can have a part in, in that project. I can even go there and participate in it firsthand. Wonderful doors of opportunity. But there are many adversaries. What are the adversaries you're facing? What's holding you back from taking advantage of the opportunities that God is opening up before you this week? Maybe it's debt well, I'd, I'd really love to give to but you know, got to pay off that boat, got credit cards, got this, got that, house payment, I, I wish I could, materialism, but I just got to have that flat screen plasma TV. I don't mean to say plasma TVs are bad, but you know, there's a lot more important things fear? Well, I just couldn't do that. I I couldn't go. I mean, I know God's speaking to my heart, but I just couldn't do that. You know, when God called me to Uganda as a missionary, I was 19 years old. I went to Uganda with my dad. He knew somebody there. We were invited to go, and uh, we went. I was dad's chauffeur, so I kind of had to go by default. I had to do all the driving. Dad had injured his shoulder. And so I was his driver that year. It was the year after I graduated from high school and I went back to Kenya and worked with my dad. So we went over. We met this guy Patrick at the border and we drove into Kampala. It's nowadays it's about a three hour drive, but those in those days it took us six because the road was so bad. And there were so many military checkpoints along the way. There's a lot of turmoil, political problems in Uganda. These young people with machine guns and grenades hanging off their military vests would come up to the car and demand to know what we're doing, where we're going. They want to see our papers and passport and everything. We finally got into Kampala and we spent four nights with Patrick in his home. And some of the nights we could hear machine gun fire in the city streets around us as the soldiers and rebels battled it out. And God said, Touched my heart and said, "I want you to be a missionary to Uganda." I said, "Okay." I guess it takes a little bit crazy person. What about you? You know, what are you so afraid of? What are you so afraid? Of? We've had twenty-five years of peace in Uganda. Peaceful, stable government. There's no more problems. We have complete freedom to do anything we want. We can go into the public schools and have an evangelistic service. We can have an invitation. We can invite kids to come forward and get saved. Doors of opportunity wide open. And some of you are saying, I'm afraid. I I couldn't do that. Why? That's the devil. The devil doesn't want you to go. He's kicking the door. Close that door Quick. Adversaries. What are the adversaries in your life? What's keeping you? What's holding you back from going and doing what God wants you to do? You know, Jesus didn't promise that it would be easy. Uh, He he warned his disciples about persecution. Look at John 15, 20. You ought to take a, a study sometime and just go through. And read all that Jesus said in the New Testament. And all the things that uh, he talked, he warned and told his disciples about ministering and stuff. There's an awful lot of talk about persecution and, and things like that. Look at look what he says in John fifteen twenty. Jesus says, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. We need to be prepared for persecution. I mean, that's, that's just part of it. If you're going to do something for the Lord, there there's going to be opposition. You know, when when our young people join the army and they get sent off to Afghanistan or Iraq or something, what do they think it's going to be like? I think everybody's just going to go over there and welcome them and say, yeah, here, come on in, take our country, fix it. No, there's opposition. There's people shooting at them. You know, they get in the car and drive somewhere and, and run over a landmine and it blows up. And they come back without a leg. You know, you sure there's going to be persecution? We're, we're at war here, people. We've got a big job ahead of us to, to evangelize this world and win people to Christ and, and fulfill what, what what Pastor Brian read to us tonight from, from Revelation 5.9. Every tribe and kindred and people and, and tongue praising the Lord in heaven. That's the goal. and we, we already know that it's going to be accomplished. You know, we already see the end of the book. We already see what it's going to be like in heaven. The only thing is whether you're going to be involved in it or not. You know? Are you going to participate or are you just going to stand by and be a spectator? Get to heaven and Pastor Brian's going to be running up and, and hugging Navithasas today in heaven and you're going to be standing there going, hmm, who's that? Maybe I should have been more interested, more involved. You know? It's a wide open door of opportunity. What's, what, what's holding you back? What, what are the, the adversaries you've got to face? And how are you going to deal with it? That's what's, that's what we're talking about this week. Look at uh, the Apostle Paul's final testimony in Second Timothy chapter four. <clears throat> After writing that he wasn't afraid to go to Jerusalem and face bonds and afflictions and all that stuff. And all the things the Apostle Paul went through in his life. Read over in Corinthians, he lists the whole thing. Shipwrecks and beatings and whippings and being stoned and left for dead and perils by everything and all around and shipwrecks and all the stuff that he went through. And what does he say at the end of his life, writing from a prison to, to young Timothy. One of his preacher boys, one of the young men he mentored. Second Timothy, chapter four, verses six to eight. He says, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. He's talking about his death. Verse seven, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. I've fought a good fight. We've been feeling recently like we're soldiers in the front lines in Uganda. It's been a fight get the church started to teach and train leaders and pastors to to try to finance the things that need to be done to get these churches going and, and all that's going on. It's been a fight. It's been a struggle. And Paul understood that. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. We read back in Acts 20. I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel, the grace of God. At the end of his life, Paul was able to say, I've finished my course. I've done what God wanted me to do. I've, I've gone everywhere he wanted me to go, and I've accomplished the things in, in, in the ministry that God wanted me to do. I have finished my course. What do you want to say at the end of your life? I was in a church one time and an older lady came up to me. She was older, retired, probably 80-something years old. She came up to me after the service and she said, I really appreciate your message. And She said, when I was young, God called me to be a missionary. And I was afraid to go. And she said, I'm at the end of my life and and my life is almost over. But she said, "I, I regret. I feel like my whole life has been wasted because I didn't go and do what God wanted me to do. Don't waste your life. Don't stand by and Let the open doors of opportunity be slammed closed by the devil. Take advantage of the opportunities that you have. Go through the open door. Do what God wants you to do. Give him your life. Serve him. Give him everything you have. Let him do with you what he wants to do with you. Finish the course. Paul said there's a reward laid up in heaven. You know, when our soldiers come back from the battle they've been wounded, we give them a medal. We honor them. We reward them. You don't earn a medal of honor. You don't earn a Purple Heart or all that stuff by dodging the draft or refusing to go or staying home and whatever. You only earn that by getting out there on the front line. What kind of rewards is God going to give you when you get to heaven? What kind of medals will you have earned in the fight for the things that are eternal and lasting? It's not going to matter then what kind of house you lived in. What kind of car you drove, whether you had that boat or not, what size the fish was you caught. The eternal things. The souls of men and women and boys and girls that'll live forever in heaven. And sing praises to God in many tongues and languages. Wow, it's going to be great. I speak parts of three or four languages. And it's going to be neat to get to heaven and be able to join in with some of the, Angolite people singing praises to God and the Swahili speakers singing praises to God, and the English speakers singing praises to God. There'll probably be a minority. There'll be more of us Africans up there. Are you ready? You're gonna join in and sing praises to the Lord with our African brothers and sisters. Doors, open doors of opportunity and adversaries. Let's don't let the devil win. Let's make sure God gets the victory this week. In this conference, in our lives. In the missions program in this church. And maybe. Even. In your life. God's calling you to the mission field. Let's let God get the victory. And let's. Let's not let Satan push the door closed. Great door. ineffectual. effectual. Is open unto me. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the chance to speak tonight. I pray that you would take your word and touch our hearts. I pray that we would respond to you in in simple obedience. And say, wherever you lead, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to give, I'll give it. There's so many things that we could do so many opportunities that we have to serve you and to be involved in your great work. And it's such a joy and privilege and thrill to see lives changed and, and, and lives rescued from evil and wickedness and brought to you your love. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. And I pray that you would work in our hearts and lives this week and accomplish your will in this church, and in the lives of each and every individual here. Bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.